Welcome to the Sports Free Agent Podcast. I have another guest for all of you listeners here today. So if you could please introduce yourself to everybody listening right now. Uh, my name is Tyler Brocious. And recently with um, the XFL, with everything going on at COVID, now a free agent. Yeah, and that's, you know, definitely why we want to help you here is because, again, we want to get your story out. There's many people out there looking for their first or next opportunity. And I want to start from the beginning. If you can tell me, Tyler, you know, where did the love of sports come from? And also, why did you choose to work in sports as a career? Um, for me, it was, I've always loved sports, kind of always been like a little bit of a, you know, like addicted to it. So I, when I was younger, I used to do play-by-play while playing 2K or MLB The Show. And I always thought I'd be like the next, um, being a Philly guy, like the next Harry Callis or a Joe Buck type. Um, obviously, as I went on through high school, my ankles and knees weren't good enough to be uh, a really good right tackle or left tackle in football. And I wasn't fast enough to really play basketball. But I kept finding different ways to stay involved with sports. And at the age of like 15 and 16, I was doing play-by-play for a variety of our high school sports down in South Jersey and Mount Laurel, while also helping the athletic department. Like right when Twitter was becoming big at like 2009, 2010, more people were getting interested. So I would live tweet all the games on my personal account. And then um, actually we moved over to like an athletic-based account. So that was my first time running a quote unquote account at the age of like 15 and 16. And from there, it just blossomed through college. And, you know, as I grow now to be 24. Yeah. So, I mean, that's interesting that you started at 15. So I think that's an interesting um, thing to look back on. I mean, who are you, you know, what was your approach Tyler to Twitter and to social media when you're 15 and how did that change over time to now when you're 24? I think as much as it's changed with different things, it doesn't really change that much with my mindset and that's being constantly plugged in. And I think as I've learned, you know, you got to take some days and kind of unplug yourself as much as you can in the industry of being, you know, usually the person, you know, hitting send on tweets or when I was at the XFL, it was staying up to date, being one of the editor in chiefs of the website. Like it's really hard to unplug, but when you're in it, like staying current and whether that's, you know, jumping on TikTok when it became trendy before it's a little out, not that it's outdated, but before it became the norm and you want to stay current. So for me, it was always reading and I always had a, you know, a fascination. Actually, when I went to Quinnipiac, my degree is in print journalism. So I like loved writing long form pieces and I would like tweet on and run social media for our athletic department when I was like 19. So I would get like a little bit of both. Um, and through there, it was like, I loved reading articles. So I would read as much as I can about the Clemsons of the world and, you know, and the LSUs and seeing how other programs were doing it around and bring that mentality to, you know, a smaller D1 school in Quinnipiac up here in Connecticut. And that really helped me make my next big step when that was to the Connecticut Sun and Black Wolves, where I was all steam ahead. I had a videographer with me, um, a graphic designer, two of the best, the best in the world. And we really understood each other and what our strengths were. And between that team and a lot of our ideas from our marketing and leadership team, we were able to put some really fun stuff together in the year I was there, which then led me to my opportunity at the XFL. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, it seems that you took, took you know, full head steam with all the things you were doing. And you mentioned that there's a lot of programs and you stay up because you're current with the trends. Um, is there anybody, you know, through this whole journey so far, that has helped really help you develop? Is there any person or any organization that you kind of want to give credit to? 
I think for me, like, if it wasn't for two big people, it was first Dom Povia, and that was my time, like, way back when, transition, where we really looked outside. The company's all based off, like, athletes, if they're lucky, have 10 years of playing in a league, and you have all this money. Like, what are you doing when you're 36 and you're done out of the NFL or out of the NBA? Like, how do you continue to make a living in that life out of sports? And that whole mindset and working with Don really got me thinking to opening up players' personalities and their style and the way they think outside of sports, which really can make or break a social media platform. If you can connect with players on a non-off the ice, off the field, off the court, and show their personal lives and kind of tear back that wall a little bit, you're going to get fans really engaged and really excited because, of course, they can see what's happening on the court. They can see what's happening on the ice. But if you show them a different style of a player they might have thought was really rough and tough, but when he gets home, like his number one thing is that he loves singing like Elsa, doing the Elsa or the Anna part of do you want to build a snowman with their son or daughter? Like that's what makes or breaks, I think, fun social media. And when I took that and moved to the Connecticut Sun and the Black Wolves, I went from running, you know, almost 50 accounts through 21 teams at athletics down to almost three accounts for two teams and narrowing that down and Maura Doyle who was my marketing manager at the time and Amber Cox are really good on really realizing that we had two separate teams you now at the WNBA and the NLL which were two different markets in a small town in Connecticut and going off that they really challenged me to wear six different hats and know that Instagram is a different voice than Facebook and you know for me it was kind of like like I always say get the whole buffet like I always signed up for the buffet, no video, no photo went to waste if I could make use of it, um, especially when you're in a, a smaller team like that. So when I made to move the move to the XFL and we were dealing with a much larger team, it made us that much more adaptable and we were able to really take my thoughts along with the great team at the XFL to mend something really fun. And if it wasn't for Mora and Amber over there and then Don way back when, back when I was just starting out in college, like those two ideas really stuck with me throughout. I think throughout our whole journey, there's a lot of people, a lot of organizations that expose us to different things and we take it along the way. Now, tell me more about your time with XFL and, and exactly, you know, break it down as far as what you, you did there. So I was brought on, honestly, by the time I was first brought on for my interview, it was supposed to be for a social media editor role. And by the time I left, I was a digital content manager just because I had so much at the Sun, I was originally hired just to do social, and then I realized with that came running all our email marketing, all our social media, then overseeing both our websites with the two teams. So I was pretty versed in a variety of different things, and at the XFL, they needed a more editorial fun voice on the website, and so I served as one of the three editor-in-chiefs of the website, helping the team level, helping their content producers, helping get video, and then as I continued, um, my work at the XFL website, like I was working more and more with the social media team as I got comfortable. And then I really was taking ownership of our YouTube page when it came to titling descriptions, really seeing like what works well. And YouTube was one of the things that I didn't really dive into. And as you just mentioned, every job you learn something new, I was becoming a junkie. I remember staying up to like one or two in the morning, reading about YouTube and optimizing headlines and titles and stuff like that. So um, we were just getting into that in week four and week five when we shut down. But really it was making sure not only the website and the app looked good and being brought in as like, hey, you're 24, what are you like in your apps? And really ideating those ideas, um, but also just 
pure functionality. When you're building a league, it's looking at the stats page. How do you make sure the roster pages look correct? How do you make sure the player pages, when you click on a player's name, they're bolded? Like there were so many little things that I think we all take for granted when you go visit NFL.com or an NBA.com that really had to be built up and ideated from the ground up when I got there in December. And so that was just so much fun. It's something I will never take for granted that like we were on the ground floor of seeing how a player page looked. Like, do we want stats first or bio first? So there was a lot of little things, but in the grand scheme, it was more like being one of the editor in chiefs, seeing what worked, seeing what didn't. And it always comes back to the numbers. So we knew in week one, we'd see a big spike, but what worked in week two that also worked in week one and what worked in week three and week four that also worked in week one and week two. So we were building something really special and there's no doubt in my mind, if it wasn't for literally losing half your season to something that no one was prepared for, we would still be there and I wouldn't be down on this, this journey right now, but I think anything, everything happens for a reason. And it's been, you know, I talked to everybody over there. We all stay in contact and it's just like, we're all trying to help each other out right now. And definitely, like you said, nobody could have predicted what's going on at all. Like this is, we're literally in a movie that nobody ever thought of. But uh, now one of my favorite questions to ask people now that you're on this journey, and we truly don't know where we're going to be in 10 years from now. But if you could, you know, predict or say, Tyler, where would you be in 10 years? You know, what would you currently be doing? And who is Tyler as a person? I think for me, it's I've always been... I want to find some place and I thought I found it in the XFL and I honestly believe I would have found it as it not been, you know, the good old global pandemic. Like I want to be in a spot where I can say 10 years from now that I haven't left the same team or same position. Like I want to make roots somewhere um, 24, but for me, I'm an old soul. Like I want to be able to walk to my local coffee shop, get the same order, like know everybody there and have that same experience at work when changing titles, maybe it goes from, a manager position to a director position and then overseeing marketing or something like that. Um, at the same time, I'm open to a lot of different things. Like my sports are my love. They always have been, always will be, but more and more of the, these worlds of entertainment and um, brand marketing is just so interesting as well. So I think there's a lot of ways to quote unquote skin the cat um, in this. And for me, it's, I want to stay completely obsessed with what I'm doing and in the realm of sports and entertainment and especially social media, there's no choice but to stay obsessed and stay on top of the trends and stay really on top of what you want to do. And I see myself 10 years from now, either overseeing a content team or whatever content looks like, then I might be the old man um, and trying to stay as current as possible while also staying true to my roots, which is help out people that helped me and help out young creatives. Cause if we don't help out them, you know, I'll literally be 10 years down the road with no one there. I want the youngest. I want smart people, but I also want veterans in the field. And if you mix that all up, and kind of like a personality stew, you're going to have a really successful team. And that's what I look forward to 10 years down the road, really culminating a family-like atmosphere at a team. Yeah, yeah. And you touched about you helping other people because other people have helped you. And that's the snowball effect that we're trying to create is you help one person, that person helps another and just leads yep. to more. So now for everybody listening out there, Tyler, where can they find you and connect with you on the social media platforms and things like that? Oh, first, like my email is, you know, always on me. It's TWB342 at gmail.com. And then all my social media is Tyler, T-Y-L-E-R underscore Broche, B-R-O-S-H. And then um, anywhere through there, uh, I, I'm pretty open to anything. And so the fun thing is, is like, 
I have this bunch. I've been doing it since I was fifth. So when you look at jobs, it's like nine to eight, eight to nine years experience. Like, yeah, I have that, but I'm also 24. So I'm lucky in the sense that I've been doing it forever while still being really young at heart and not yet having a family. So I can kind of burn the midnight oil and lose my mind a little bit and submerge myself fully into all these crazy things while also taking care of myself and hit me up on social, anything, you know, I'm pretty versed in having a conversation just about anything right now as I don't um, get myself beat up too fast. And I like just taking it one day at a time. Well, all the hiring managers and organizations who are listening to this, Tyler just shared with you how to get in touch with them. And if you are looking for your first or next opportunity within the sports industry, we can help you do that. So please visit us at www.sportsasajob.com. And as always, we want people found in the search and not lost.